Blog Talk Radio. To the Frontier Beyond Fear live broadcast. And to those of you listening in the podcast, I welcome you across time. We are all together here in this moment. I am your host, Susan Laris and Dance, and today is April 16th, 2022. Today, I am going to continue an exploration of what is the fundamental theme of this program, and we can explore this theme in so many ways, and today's discussion is going to be on awakening to courage. I know that this program finds you in many different parts of the world. In fact, I just reviewed that before this program. And to me, it is just a very wonderful thing that there are people listening in worldwide. So I must say you may find yourself in springtime or you may find yourself in fall. I know that Many of you have diverse spiritual traditions, and I recognize that. And I also recognize those of you who may not consider yourself spiritual at all. Everything I have to say today will be meaningful for all of you. Some years ago, when I got started in all of this, I started on the path as a bridge builder, so to speak. I wasn't building physical bridges. and But what I was building, I was endeavoring to reach out to people, no matter what your path. And it has been an imperfect journey as it always will be. And that is the first point I want to make about awakening to courage. I almost entitled this program today just about awakening. But then I realized that I needed to go deeper with courage. Any given time, if we are intent on doing so, and sometimes it even takes us by surprise, we are awakening to courage. Think about how you wake up. Some mornings, perhaps you jolt awake 
and you are wide awake. That can happen sometimes with courage. We just find it within ourselves at a moment that we least expect, perhaps at a moment when we need it most. That's a very important way of awakening. Then we may ask ourselves, how come I can't do this every day? Because that's the thing with courage. It comes to us in a spectrum, so to speak. There may be one moment in which you amaze yourself as to just how courageous and authentic you can be. And then in another moment, well, you might sort of berate yourself and say, gosh, I could have been braver, couldn't I? It's all a part of awakening. There are some mornings, perhaps, when there's nothing you have to do, and I recognize that there may be people listening who don't have mornings like this. I used to have fewer mornings like that, <laughs> whether when you have a child or you have a pet or you have an obligation that is regular and doesn't vary by the day. Every morning you must wake up to do whatever that thing is, and I recognize that. Maybe you have to go all the way back to when you were younger to think of a time. Maybe some of you are you know, older and in new responsibilities, and maybe they aren't as pressing every day. I am fortunate in that although my days are quite full, they don't always start at the same time. So some mornings when you don't have to wake up, maybe you come awake very gradually. Or even on a morning where you have to wake up, maybe you wake up early. And it's a gradual thing. You're still half asleep. Some days you might even have the luxury of going back to bed. Or maybe if you are awake before you actually need to get up, you fall back to sleep. All of these things, every scenario, is relevant to awakening to courage. So the first important point I want to make today is just that. Cut yourself some slack. Be accepting of where you are in any given moment on the courage scale because it's going to vary. I suppose there are some people who are so practiced in being courageous and authentic, which and the two are very much related, by the way, every day. They come fully up to that plate and hit the ball out of the park, so to speak. Baseball season has started in the United States. Not everyone is like that. In fact, I would wonder if there really are people who are like that, that can be on all the time and have it perfectly. Of course not. No one is perfect on this planet. We are all having a human experience. We are perfectly imperfect. What I want to encourage you to do, think about that word, encourage. And let me also remind you that that core, core is heart. Heart. Let me remind you that every day, 
a walk with courage. Every day is a walk on that path, on that spectrum of awakening. I've said it has to do with heart. What does it have to do with love? It has everything to do with love. I think in the show description I said it has a lot to do with love. Essentially, everything has to do with love. You may not believe in the divine, but many of us do, and many of us believe that God is love. The divine is love. That infinite presence that we cannot be a part of is omnipresent love. Nothing ever separates us from what that love is. It's everywhere, and it's in you. When you become aware of the omnipresent divine, the omnipresent love, which is within you and around you, That is the path to courage. That is the path to your heart. That is the path to conscience. That is the path to finding everything that you've always wanted to be. That is the connection to something that can never be shut down. No matter what your circumstance in life, and I know that many of us, all of us, face varying circumstances, and I would have to say every human being on this planet faces situations which require courage. Some may say, oh, you know, people who live in luxury, they never have to be brave. Is that really true? Or do they need to make decisions as to how to use that abundance? And maybe that requires courage. Oh, sure, there are people who are quite asleep and really don't think about anything like that. Awakening is a process, but every human being faces moments where you're invited to find your courage to work with your relationship with fear. This program is called The Frontier Beyond Fear. It has had that name for over 10 years. And there's a reason for that. The image that accompanies this program showing a door opening to the light, that is awakening right there. Look at how it's letting in the light. It's just beginning to open. 
But the light is brighter than anything in contrast. That is omnipresent love. I know that this weekend, many are celebrating Easter. Others are celebrating Passover. And I know Ramadan is also happening at this time. All of those things have to do with love, with opening to love. And I'm sure there are many spiritual traditions out there. Perhaps some of you are following these traditions. And people define things in different ways that are meaningful to you. And if it's helping you spiritually, unless it's something highly low vibrational, which is going the other direction, it's opening you to love. There is a tradition on this program. I don't know if I did it last year, but I've done it in the past. And I am once again, because we could spend months exploring this particular passage, I am once again going to spend some time with 1 Corinthians 13 in the Bible. This passage has meaning for us all. And it is really very much like the gift that keeps on giving. Because every time I read it, and often spontaneously and out loud on this program when I have, I discover something new. So let's see what we find out today. Every time we walk in this passage, because it has to do with life, we find something new. 1 Corinthians 13. And by the way, let's start with the end of 1 Corinthians 12, verse 31. But eagerly desire the greater gifts. And now I will show you the most excellent way. See, already there's something new. I almost never, I don't think I have yet started this passage with the verse before. We're about to talk about love. It is the most excellent way. It will help you find yourself and who you are and all the different ways that you are called to treat other people and who you can be. It's all about authenticity. 1 Corinthians 13, verse 1. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. How many people, wherever you are in the world, may these people may be really good speakers, but if they're on a dark and disempowering and fear-based path, no matter how sweet 
the voice and of angels. I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love. It's just like noise, a gong or a cymbal. It's noise, noise, noise. It doesn't reach the heart. It's simply noise. Can you tune out the noise? Can you recognize it? Look for love. Look for fear. Fear is the opposite of love. If someone is only propagating fear, it's simply noise. You can tune it out. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains but have not love, I am nothing. I think that verse speaks for itself. There are fear-based paths on the planet. Actually, it doesn't speak for itself. As I say, this passage is a gift that keeps on giving. There are people who only value fear. They can never, never have the influence of love. It's simply that love is the omnipresent divine. Love has a power all its own. This verse, by the way, is something about how we truly co-create. A lot of people like to elevate fear to the same level of power as love, that your fears have the same power as love. Wow, see? Nude interpretation right here. And I've been looking for this somewhere, too, because I've known it in my heart. Nothing is more powerful than love. I don't care how much faith you have in fear. It is not as powerful as love, period. A lot of people will tell you otherwise, and you'll spend all day worrying about your worries. That's not how it works. Love is paramount. Anything else is a very empty, loveless way of living. And love is the most powerful thing. It weights the scale in your favor, in the direction of love. Hear me, those of you who believe in Gongs and symbols that are empty laws, often called a law, as if you cannot escape from what this is, that you cannot escape from your fears, and you're berated constantly about your fears. And I can speak on authority, having talked to someone years ago, who used to try to help a lot of people who were having this issue. And she said it really 
mess them up. In fact, she had a particular way of referring to it, which I won't repeat here on the air. It's the wrong way of thinking about things. It's tempting. We really try to make things like um, so pedestrian, really. So, you know, this has to be um, like you know, the Newtonian laws or, you know, other types of things that dominate reality. Nothing dominates reality except love. Love, love, love. It weights the scale, people. It's the truth. Your worries have no power in the face of love. Go to love. Ask for love. Embrace the love. It's where the power truly is. Verse 3. If I give all I possess to the poor and surrender my body to the flames but have not love, I gain nothing. Verse 3 is really about hypocrisy and ego. It's about, you know, people who they may appear giving on the surface, but obviously if they're doing it without love, they're doing it for some ulterior motive, which is loveless. And so they think they're going to gain something from that, They think they're going to gain something through an egoic exercise. And let's be clear, ego plays a role in all human experience. And we work with our relationship with ego. And part of ego is actually really healthy for you if it helps you to be more authentic and be on your path. You're always going to have a relationship with ego. Some of it will be, it'll be a balance. You want to keep it in a healthy balance. And that, too, is a process that you will learn over time. We all learn. I think we learn our entire lives. You don't just throw who you are in the trash, either. Other people will tell you that, that your story doesn't matter, who you are doesn't matter, that all that matters is the divine. That's not that's not love-based, either. You are loved as a special creation. You are loved as a special expression of the divine. There would be no reason for you to be here at all if all that mattered was the ocean and not the drops. Both matter. Both matter more than you can even imagine. And both will always matter. You will always matter. Who you are, your story is A lot of people talk about the akash. This concept can cross spiritual boundaries. It doesn't have to just be a new age thing. It's the stories of who we all are. It is who we all are. It is empathy. It is having empathy for one another's stories, all the hardships, all the triumphs, everything. It's all going to matter. It will always matter because your existence matters your creation 
that you came into being as you and are loved as you matters. It matters a lot. It's why you're here. Verse 4, love is patient, love is kind, does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud. Verse 5, it is not rude, it is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrongs. Extremely important passage. We often get this wrong. We think that there is such an unforgiving landscape in which we live. We attribute this outside of ourselves and we berate ourselves and we fear That's not love. That's not omnipresent, unconditional love. What we just heard in these verses was a description of unconditional love. Conditional love keeps a record of wrong and is not forgiving. Conditional love is impatient. Actually, it's really not love at all. I'm going to pause for a moment because obviously this program is going to go over today. I want to acknowledge those of you who've been listening live today on Blog Talk Radio. I appreciate your being here. I appreciate that Blog Talk Radio once again highlighted this program on their home page. It has been highlighted while it has been live. And in fact, I so rarely look, let's look for a second, but I know that it is often featured as well on live spirituality. Yep, it is number one, as a matter of fact. It is the featured program. Okay, was that ego? Yeah, a little. I mean, it's it's affirming this path to to experience that. But what I want to give in return is something that feeds your souls, that is the purpose. And I'm thankful that the program is being featured live. I'm thankful to Blog Talk Radio, and I'm thankful to those of you who are here. And you can find out more about the program at FrontierBeyondFear.com, which is currently up to date. I got it updated last week. And so anyway, that is my message to those of you live. And I do encourage you to listen to the rest of the program in the podcast, which will be available at the same link on Blog Talk Radio and on multiple podcasting platforms. So, okay, I've done my due diligence there for the show, and I won't do it again at the end for for the rest of you. And hopefully the the ones listening live will, will join us for the podcast. Again, you're as present with me in the future as right now in this moment. See if we have anything more to say about verses 4 and 5. 
It's just, it's not self-seeking. Not being easily angered is really important. And of course, as human beings, we're talking here about perfect love. This is perfect love. This is what we aim for. We're not always going to do this, of course. We're here on this earth having a human experience. We have something here not only to aim for, but also to trust in, to trust that there is love like this, so perfect, so kind, that keeps no record of wrongs, that has no ego, that we can trust in it. Verse 6, love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. We've explored this verse recently as well. Truth is very important. Those who intentionally disempower with partial or untruths are not on a good path, <laughs> and they're not leading us on a good path. Now, of course, once again, this is a human experience. We're not going to be perfect in this respect. Of course we're not. But it gives us something to aim for, and it also helps us to be discerning, and it helps us to realize just how detrimental in our world is any endeavor to cloud truth. And it happens a lot worldwide. Those who truly care about you will do their best, their imperfect best, To be honest, very important regarding our discernment right now. And love delights in what this is. When we can be as authentic as we can be, love, perfect love, delights. It is a process. We all do it imperfectly. It all, verse 7, it always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Note the always being repeated there. Always is always. There is no abandonment by love, ever. Omnipresent love will never let you down. Omnipresent love is unconditional and will always protect you. And even trust. Look look at that. It always trusts. What is it trusting in? 
it can't be trusting in something that's not love, but maybe it always trusts because it knows that everything is actually love, that ultimately everything returns to love. Because love is ultimately all that there can be. There may be shadows in the world because we're having an imperfect experience here. But light is the reality. The divine is the ultimate reality. And someday we will all come to know that light and that love fully. Always hope. It never gives up. No matter what, please, if you are giving up hope, if you feel that something is hopeless, remember, remember what's inside of you. It's love. And it is working in your favor. Even when we're going through a hardship, hold on and hope. Don't give up. Do your best. Verse 8. Love never fails. We need to stop right after that and say, that's just part of verse 8. How much more clarity do you need about what love is? What omnipresent love is? It can never fail us. It can never abandon us. Love never fails. But where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. This is really having to do, I think, with certainly on earth, Things here won't go on forever. Sometimes we wonder just how much longer we have because we live in rather consequential times. That is yet to be seen. But love will persevere. Love never fails. Love is what is a part of us. Love is who we are. Love is what we're a part of. It is inside us and outside of us and everywhere we look. No matter what happens. Verse 9. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. Verse 10. But when perfection comes, the imperfect disappears. Those two verses are talking about our imperfect experience on earth, which is the way it's meant to be, because we are human beings. Someday, we'll see things more clearly. I fully believe that we are loved so very much that the observers that we are living these individual yet inseparable stories 
will continue so that we can see more fully. And in fact, the next verse is going to tell us exactly that. When I was a child, I talked like a child. This is verse 11. When I was a child, I talked like a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put childish ways behind me. I'm going to continue into verse 12. Now we see but a poor reflection as in a mirror, then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. I think, Eureka, we've found it. These are the verses that tell you you are going to continue. But you'll have an expanded perspective. You shall know fully because you'll realize you are inseparable from the divine. But you won't be lost. You'll just be more mature. There's a difference. Do you remember your childhood? Maybe we don't remember all of it, of course, in that space. We'll have full recollection of things we even forgot. People often speak of um, when they go, you know, people who have died briefly. Now, let's be clear. I have a theory about NDEs, which is actually rather important. No one who has had a near-death experience completely died, obviously, or they wouldn't come back. Because these are people who maybe their heart stopped and they did get to a certain point in the death experience, but then they came back. So we really can't know, not from someone on this earth who returned, what fully happens when you die. But we can know what they talk about that first happens when you die. And there are a lot of stories about it, some of which can vary. Some of them vary even culturally. I tend to think it is a process as you transition that we're we're not just going to suddenly know everything that's completely different than what we've known on earth. There is compassion here. There is patience also in this chapter where we gradually come awake to whatever is on the other side. That's what I fully believe, and I think NDEs actually bear that out, some of the stories that people have told. Some people talk about going through a fear-based passage, and I believe that's part of the transition too, because love can never fail us, ever. Love can never, ever fail. Um, let's see. I love the part about being fully known. Our entire life will be in front of us, this life. And we'll be loved 
in the process. People who've gone through NDEs talk about that too. Some of them have had a review. Now, again, they're coming back because they came back. And so those reviews may be very meaningful for someone coming back because it often changes their lives. And we need to, looking at this objectively as real scientists, what is a real scientist? It's a scientist who cares about the truth. It is not a materialist who doesn't contemplate things that you know they don't want to look at because, hey, that's spiritual. I'm not looking at that. That's not science. That's materialism. That is a, a, um, it really a form of dogma. It is a bias, actually. You have to look fully at what is real. It makes sense that there would be a transition period into death. And we don't know it all because no one has fully died to see it. Not the people reporting NDEs that we're talking about. People who come back after a brief period have not gone the whole process because they came back. And they often talk about a life review. I actually believe that there will be life reviews. I think that it will be very loving and there will be a lot of understanding and it will make a lot more sense as to the context and the struggles that people had. Even someone who went down quite a dark path, it will go all the way back to how that began. What happened in that person's life? To make that occur, there will be unconditional love. Verse 13. Oh, actually, let's stay on 12 for a minute. Now we see but a poor reflection as in a mirror. That's a really interesting verse as well. Who are you looking at in the mirror? Then we shall see face to face. Who are you looking at in the mirror? Who's looking back at you from that mirror? Who are you? Who are you inseparable from, even while being an imperfect human being? Omnipresent love. Omnipresent divine. It's inseparable. From you. You can't have it both ways. God can't be everywhere and not also in you. That doesn't mean we see it clearly, just as this verse talks about. Then we shall see face to face. What's so interesting about that verse, too, is it implies some individuality, doesn't it? Face to face. It doesn't just say one face. Well, then there wouldn't be anything to look at, would there, if there's just one face? It's not just one ocean. The drops matter. The drops matter. The drops are beloved creations. No matter what happens in life, because there are many circumstances and there are soul partnerships and journeys and there are dark things that occur, it's a difficult thing to contemplate. Yes, I know. It's the most difficult question in the universe. Why is there darkness? We ask this all the time. We question it. We should question. It's natural to question that. Sometimes you wonder, why was this even allowed to be so dark? 
That's a big question that's often asked. We are adventurers. Talk about courage. Talk about courage to be a human being. It takes tremendous courage to be a human being. Just to exist on this planet takes courage. Think about that for a minute. Who are you? Who's in the mirror? Yes, you're yourself. You're a human being. You don't see it all. But the omnipresent divine has to be inside of you. That doesn't make you that. That always gets misinterpreted. This crosses every spiritual path here. If you believe that God is everything and everywhere, if you believe that there is no place that God cannot be, then we must necessarily be inseparable, not only from God, but from one another. And that, too, will awaken us to love. Awakening to courage, in essence, is awakening to love. And it's no easy journey because that love is more than we can even begin to imagine. And there are so many things that seem to block it. We see so imperfectly, don't we? And yes, truth is muddled all the time. But love delights. Hmm, delight. That word contains light, doesn't it? Of light. Love delights. Every time I tell you people, every single time I read and interpret this passage on, out loud, and anyone who's followed this program for a while knows that I do this every once in a while, every single time new things arise out of it. And there have been several. I think we've had, I think I've encountered at least seven new things already this time. I'm not counting. I'm just reading spontaneously. There's no planning here. There's no planning. I didn't even know what the name of the show was going to be right away. I kind of thought about it this morning. I thought, yeah, I think I probably will read 1 Corinthians 13 again at some point. That's the show. There's no planning. Might there be planning sometimes? Sure. If I'm doing a deeper... Well, I don't, this is a very deep topic. If I'm doing some very detailed topic, yes, sometimes I anticipate that it would be nice to plan a show. Sometimes I read from poetry and I've planned that. But most of the time, this is a spontaneous sharing from my heart. And the more I do it, the less courage it requires. But in this moment, it hardly feels like it requires courage at all. Delight, we're going back to that verse. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. Of course love can't delight in evil, because it is of light, and evil would not be. Evil is the shadow. You see what I'm talking about there? It rejoices with the truth. That's also really interesting. Yes, I've gone back here to verse 6. To rejoice. You know, when something rejoices, often it's sort of unexpected, isn't it? It's like, wow, wow, 
that was really cool. That was awesome. When something is even better than you thought it might go. When we can find truth, when we can celebrate truth, when we have the courage to really look at truth, because on this planet, it's really, really difficult. And there's so many different interpretations. And see, that's a little bit different too now, isn't it? Do we have a right to our own perceptions of things? Of course we do. I know there are some of you listening who may have a different perception of this passage than I'm sharing with you. And I honor your path. You need to follow your path, although I also invite you to really look at the words and to really reflect about what they mean. People have been reflecting upon these passages for a very long time, and that isn't stopping. But there's rejoicing. There is rejoicing when truth emerges. When authenticity emerges, and that is courage, too. It takes courage to let the light in. The light going to show. When something's of light and it shines in some dark corner where there is untruth, It's not an easy journey, is it? Let's go back to verse 13, the final verse of 1 Corinthians 13. And now, these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. When we talk about these three remain, we're talking about, you know, maybe when we're at our bitter end, could be the end of the world. This planet won't go on forever. Look at astrophysics. They know. We don't know how long our societies are going to hold together. Look at the history of human civilization. And yes, I know that there are many of you out there who think about end times sorts of things and are we in them and what does it mean? I have been one to study prophecy as well. It's a difficult path because there's a lot of fear mixed in and you have to look for truth. It doesn't mean that dark things don't happen on this planet. Of course they do. Love is what remains. Faith remains. Well, the deepest faith would remain because it's faith, isn't it? If you've got faith, you make it through whatever's going on. It may feel imperfect faith. In fact, early on we talk about um, how if you don't have love, which verse was that? losing track of it. If you don't have love, these things are less. Can't quite find the exact verse. Oh, here it is. 
2, if I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains but have not love, I am nothing. So you might have tremendous faith in something. But if it's a loveless something, it will not be as enduring and strong as love because these three remain faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. Faith without love, will it can't outlast love because love is the ultimate reality, you see. Hope. Now, hope is a very important thing. Hope becomes resolved in ultimate love, now doesn't it? So naturally, love would outlast hope because hope is its resolution. Even if you were the most hopeful person on the planet. And remember, we were told earlier that love always hopes. So it's a little bit circular there, a little bit holographic. Love is is the type of hope that never fails. And love is the very answer to that hope. Because love, unconditional love, is the ultimate reality. It is the greatest, the greatest of these, the greatest of all, the divine, everything. What ultimately lasts, what ultimately and presently and in every single moment matters. It's love. It's love. I appreciate you being here today. Now I lose my voice at the end, huh? (laughs) I appreciate you all being here today or whenever you are listening to this broadcast. You are loved. And you are love. Look for that within. And find that courage. The source of courage is love. Because it is the source of everything. Take care, everyone. I Do you expect to be here live again next week? Thank you so much for being here. And I will once again play the new theme that I'm kind of still testing out. So far, I like it, by Kevin McLeod. It's called Living Voyage. It's freely available under Creative Commons. You'll see the full um, link on the description, and I'm appreciative for all that Kevin has put out into the world musically, including this piece. See you next time, everyone.